0: On today's episode, we have Rachel Hoffveins Nielsen. She's the CEO and founder of a company called Rags. They've been in business nine years now, and they're absolutely crushing it. It's a massive international kids' clothing brand who's been featured on Disney, Nordstrom's, Forbes, Shark Tank, Vogue, I mean, everywhere. This company is huge. Throughout the podcast, we'll cover starting the business and just jumping in, and, and Rachel literally having nothing when she started the company. Incredible story. We'll go through the different stages of the company and how it evolved, uh, how she was able to get on Shark Tank, and we'll talk about how to create a loyal following and building the brand that she's been able to build. Rachel built an incredible board. We'll talk about that. She has somebody from Supreme, somebody from Stance, the CEO of Traeger Grills on her board. Overall, I think you'll find a lot of detail on what it's like to really get a company off the ground and get it going and what it takes. So, enjoy the episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We want to hear the feedback and we want to always improve. And that's the greatest thing that you could do for us. So thank you for the support. Rachel, welcome. What up? This is so <laughs> sick. Like, seriously, honored to have you on. It's uh, I'm always looking for different people for my two girls to look up to because we need more women that are in leadership and entrepreneurship and then have just totally just crushed it. And so... Like you're the epitome of that. And so I'm so yeah, stoked to have you here.
1: <laughs> that's like a hot that's a tall order.
0: And and you're such a good mom and such a good friend because we have mutual friends and it's like I'm like, dude, this girl kills in every category. You're you freaking know?
1: nice. That's so nice. So,
0: so stoked to have you on and yeah, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm stoked. This will be fun.
0: Yeah. So we we kind of started at similar times. My last company we started in 2014. Okay, yeah. You started in 2014. Yeah. And I mean, let's just jump in there. You started with six grand.
1: Yeah, dude. Right? Actually, I started with nothing. I, but like, yeah, eventually I was able to earn six grand. I was selling my kids' hand-me-down clothes on Instagram. I was selling my kids' clothes, and I started an Instagram handle called Rags to Riches. And you know, kind of clever. It's, just, is it, it's just rags. Yeah. Yeah, rags. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, people still call it that, but yeah, I was like able to sell their clothes and like make a little extra money. We were super poor, had no money actually. Like I was telling you like Medicaid food stamps, like bottom of the barrel. And I, I was like, I got to like figure out a way to have something like a little extra. And so yeah. that's how it all began.
0: And so I think it's so cool to talk about this because sometimes when people hear stories of Successful companies or entrepreneurship—they're like, man, that's just not me. And it's like, right. hey, like I think you'd be surprised how many people start with nothing, mm-hmm. and you probably had no formal training in entrepreneurship <laughs> or anything. And Dude, I'll-
1: if you even—it's like, gonna—it's the most like if you saw what I was doing, you would be like, wow. Like I—I I even look back, and it's like I didn't even have a photographer. I didn't even know like proper pattern making with clothing, like. Yeah. Truly, it was so freaking crazy shoddy, like, and somehow it worked, you know, it's
0: it's just raw uh,
1: beyond raw. Yes. Crazy.
0: What did you know about e-commerce at the time?
1: So, but prior, um, I don't know if you even knew this, but when I was going to school, I was in college playing soccer Yeah, And I was selling um, clothing to like local skate shops. And you know this. Do you remember the skate shop in Highland? I was selling. You just
0: ran into the owner one day, right? And he's like, we'd love to sell that basically. Yeah. And that
1: was super rad. But it sucked because I had to give up part of my margin, right? Like, but it's fair. Like people walk in and and they have, you know, like that's kind of how people shop back in the day. Yeah. And I ended up doing the same thing with a boutique here called JMR. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah same thing happened, like walked in, I was wearing clothes that I had made. And the owner was there that day and was like digging it. Like, where did you get your shirt? And I told him I made it. And he's like, would you sell those here? So it became like, it was super rad, like being in the halls and college and seeing people wearing my stuff, you know, yeah, super cool. I eventually like stopped doing it because I was, I was making good money, but I was giving up half of my margin. And that was like really deflating. Um, and I was like, I was like playing soccer and then I would go and I'd be hanging out with friends sewing like and I'm such a fan of fun and quality yeah, life. But I was like this, this actually sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like lesson learned you know like don't ever find myself behind a sewing machine or else you're gonna burn out. So
0: yeah. but I think context for listeners is like you are very original and you're swaggy like you're buying I, a lot of your stuff from the thrift shop right. and you're like you're original like yeah, it yeah. was I know thrift shop's like kind of popular Dude, it's all now, like full
1: circle. It but is this is like
0: before that, right?
1: I got to have my kids listen to this because they're so into thrift. I'm like, guys, yeah. I was way ahead of your time. Way ahead of that. And then <laughs> so and like, you were
0: making your own, you were taking that and then yeah. like redesigning it in your own way. So like very mm-hmm. original, super swaggy. And that's where the owner's like, dude, like this is sick. Like, mm-hmm. where'd you get this? And you're like, I made it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so,
0: but that wasn't e-commerce, right? That was just no, like so, you feeding them.
1: So that was like, like, years later, you know, I get married, I have kids, I'm going, you know, like, we're super poor, my husband at the time was going through law school, I was like, dude, we're, we're gonna, like, run out of money, we have no money.
0: What do you think your income was at that time? Like oh, dude, we didn't have income. any,
1: like, we were living off of student loans, and I think they gave us 18 grand to live off for the year. Like, who's Who's they? The government like student loan people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that no, it's like if you're listening <laughs> what and you're like is happening? I need to save up, I need X number of dollars. like you don't.
1: Oh dude, yeah, you figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Eighteen grand a year. And yeah. I had two babies. I had two boys. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so, like, I know it was do you wild. think back and you're like
0: how how could we even live off that, let alone start a company, but how could you even live?
1: Uh, I don't think we were like it was like <laughs> <For> <laughs> like sure. brutal but, yeah. but cool, because I kind of think you get in, you get into that zone and then it's just like anything is better, you know than yeah. that, like it doesn't feel as risky to do something when you're kind of yeah starting with nothing, you know, so um. But like one night I was, Instagram had just happened like what in around 2014, like that became a thing and social, yeah, it was like wild, wild west. Like there was no algorithms. There was nothing. I had just got an iPhone and like Instagram was probably around prior, but I had gotten on and realized like I started posting my kids' clothing and people were actually like leaving their PayPal address in the comments. And the first one that would leave it, I would invoice and ship them like his stuff
0: because I remember Instagram at the time but I don't remember any like stores or people right there wasn't
1: really so like that, that was like,
0: ahead of it still like you had to put it in the comments or something
1: totally like, like there was no website nothing it's like take a picture write what size it is and then first person to comment with their PayPal like I'll invoice you later
0: that's so wild it's west oh so right?
1: west. so crazy yeah so It gets even crazier. Like, I I remember going to Home Depot and buying, like, this whiteboard and having some dude there, like, employee. I couldn't fit it in my car. So I was like, will you just cut this in half? Because I wanted to look kind of normal, you know, the pictures of my clothes. And, like, every day. for the
0: background? Yeah,
1: dude. And, like, every day at 3 p.m., the sun just felt like it was hitting, Perfect. right? <laughs> so, so I go outside with like loads of clothes and just put them on that really? whiteboard on my freaking iPhone. Like wow. I think some of the photos are still on our Instagram. Really? If you scroll all the way down, it, it's it's shocking that people bought it too. I, I'm like, I want to go out, reach out and apologize, but I'm stoked. That was like how I started, you know? Yeah. So it dawned on me like then I was like, Oh, I'm like selling hand-me-downs and this is working and this is cool. But I actually can totally do what I was doing back in the day for kids, and I can go direct to consumer. Like, I don't have to give up any of my margin. I couldn't even sleep at night. I was like, this is so rad. So I woke up and, like, started mapping out, like, what I wanted to do. I remember it was, like, 4 in the morning. I was – it was dark outside. I was on my couch. Like, this is so rad. So my kids woke up, and that's when I, like, went Home Depot, got a whiteboard. Like, I'm going to do it. And then – Yeah. So in that
0: moment, were you thinking, like, there's something here, or – or were you like, this is going to be huge?
1: I was like, there's something here for yeah. sure. And, and I had Enough done to like
0: get going. 100%. Yeah. Like
1: I had had experience prior knowing like if I would have taken that seriously, like the adult stuff, it could have done really well. Like they, I kind of just ghosted them. I was like a young,
0: I didn't give a crap. And, and just going for the kids stuff.
1: Well, I just, yeah, like that was adult. And then I- realized I was super burned out, whatever and then I had years later kids and it was like same deal, but I had no, I learned that lesson like the moment yeah. you can feel like oh, this is gonna catch on, like I knew exactly what I needed to do like figure out a manufacturer, figure out like and honestly like I have I had no idea what to do, where to go, how to do it. I think that that like something I did well was I wasn't afraid to ask for help and like really dig in and just reach out like it's unbelievable how many people they they're just like human beings behind these big brands are willing to help you you know so i would like legit reach out and i got like hooked up with great advice and like where i could go and how to do it and you know then you go to the factory and you're like hey where can i get fabric and like who does patterns and who does and they tell you like these are what our other clients are doing like It would get so scrappy that I would go to fulfillment centers and look on boxes of brands that I knew were being fulfilled out of there and be like, where are they getting their stuff from? Like, is that India, China, like Bangladesh, like
0: reverse engineering. Yeah, dude. And then you
1: go online and you're like researching it all. Like, yeah, totally.
0: My mentors always taught me that if you know the how you're not thinking big enough. And I think for people that haven't done their own thing yet, they want to know the answer to every question. They want to know exactly how. Like good luck. You just need to know the what. Right. You'll figure out the how as so you true. go. Right? It's so
1: true. That's part of the fun, right?
0: So this the story behind rags is you were trying to come up with something that was practical for your boy, right? Like an easy one piece that was practical, that was probably affordable, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you because you've already made your own stuff and because you're taking stuff from the thrift store, you already kind of could connect the dots and say, I know how to make this right yeah
1: totally yeah that that's that was the premises like at the time i had three kids so my youngest was almost one okay. and i hated i hated the cheesy boy clothes like back then now the options are way better but like back then it was so bad and i love but i love the idea of like a one piece you know and i i was noticing like every time i had to change his diaper or whatever he was super wriggly and my like his dad or myself after we just wouldn't even snap up his thing so homie would just be running around like in a dress you know like yeah those and you get it worst. if you have kids you're you just surviving
0: it. <laughs> it's just like just I need it practical I need totally. it totally
1: but like I didn't want anything cheesy so I genuinely cut up a t-shirt slid it on him like through the neck and I was like whoa this looks so awesome and I posted a photo of him in it and immediately it was like comments immediately started like spilling in. And that's actually when I was like, oh, okay.
0: There's something here.
1: There's something here. This is unique. And I'm not the only one that is like needing
0: this product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Rags, from what I could tell, is really built on fashion, fit, and function, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you already had those things. And so I think it's really important for people as they're thinking about their thing. It doesn't necessarily always have to be what you're passionate about. It could be what you already know and you're good at because you already understood fashion. You already understood function and had a little background in making things. And so Mm -hmm. it was just like a pretty natural shoe in for you to start tinkering with that. A
1: hundred percent. And being a mom,
0: you knew what you needed to have. Right. Yeah.
1: I always say that like, like I, it became so easy because I was like my own consumer, you know, like it genuinely was something that I wanted and needed. Yeah. Like I had no idea that it, like, like what you're talking about. Like I didn't go out and do any market research or I didn't ask around. It was like, this is actually just like what I need. Yeah. And then turns out, you know,
0: and that was called the rack, mm-hmm. which is so sick. <laughs> yeah, Just all, all came together. <laughs> like the name, the function, yeah, just dude. everything just worked. Huh? Yeah.
1: Crazy. It just yeah.
0: flowed. And so then you start like sewing all night, you start sewing in your parents' basement, you hire your first couple of people. Like mm-hmm. what did, like from starting from the first Instagram comments to like that next year or two, what did that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was selling on Instagram. I did one sale, like with the actual rag Okay. and I'd have a website and I was in, and I was like, Oh, that's a big mistake. I've never done that again. It was wild. Like took me like 2 days just invoicing random people and shipping and it so it just wasn't
0: scalable it wasn't scalable the it, a it lot. was yeah so i was yeah. like cool
1: i need to get a website i did like a wix it was like 20 bucks like drag and drop photos in and it had the cart already coded so that was like i'm not a website person you know it yeah. was
0: super doable so that helped a lot
1: super helpful yeah. um and then i got to a point because i genuinely was like I was with my kids throughout the day, and then I would put them to bed, and I was sewing until like four o'clock in the morning, and then I had to wake up and be mom again. And with
0: three kids, that's yeah, dude, just
1: and like shipping and emailing and all Did that you stuff. Have people, was, like, how many people? I was doing all of that,
0: shipping everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was crazy. And so finally, I was like, dude, I have no business shipping and like emailing and doing like that's not like best use of my time yeah so terrifying but i hired my sister i like pulled her away from her job and i was like it's always scary right like your first hire because suddenly it's not just you like you're responsible now for somebody else laying on you Yeah. yeah but it was crazy because the next i think at this point i was doing like 10 grand a month which was great i was so stoked And then the next month we did like 30 grand and it was genuinely because I freed myself up. And I was like, I wasn't like cursing every order that came through. I was like, let's get more. Cause like I have somebody that can help fulfill it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of just gradually like started plucking things off of my plate that I knew I wasn't like the greatest at and, and really understanding like where I'm the best and like where I'm not the best and just like Priorities, you know, and I, I still don't have a grip of money, and I was always really conservative, still am, like being really careful on how to where where I spend, you know. Yeah. And then did Shark Tank, like it had been a year by the time I went on Shark Tank.
0: So. And with Shark Tank, for people that have gone through it, versus like the outside world perception is, it's expensive money. It usually doesn't really pencil out unless you're just trying to get exposure and really like the best outcome is probably to go on the show, get the visibility and not do a deal, which is exactly what happened to you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, actually like, I went on the show, did a deal on the air, and then bailed on it behind the scenes.
0: Which, if you could look back, that's probably the best way. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. it's so
1: wild because people will be like, Oh, you're on Check Tank. Did you get a deal? And it's like, That matters. That matters. Yeah. Like, and, and I kind of knew that going it. in, dude. Yeah. I knew it. Like, no matter what, just walk away with a deal. Walk away with a deal. You and know, there's
0: so many better deals.
1: Oh, it was like laughable. Like, the, the terms, the platform
0: and the yeah. exposure is like, you go on there and it's the same thing i think i want to hit on that also like nordstrom's like people hear nordstrom's nordstrom's but you've gone through this you don't want to build your brand on one single thing right, right. you want to be diversified and and so it's, yep. it, isn't it interesting to like to the outside world versus the inside they're totally different things of what you think are valuable and what isn't right
1: yeah perception it's like a real yeah. thing yeah absolutely
0: so you guys i guess one one of the questions i had for you is like you, in the past, your original, you knew what was, was like stylistic and all these things, but, and that's where the first phase of the business took off. But then how do you go f- to the next phase, which is like, you know, limited edition drops and all these things like that stuff you never had experience in. So what helped you bridge the gap to there?
1: Dude, I think that's such a good question. I was, I think a lot of that was like very instinctive and also kind of just fell into my lap. Like it happened not on purpose. And then I, and then I understood like, wow, the value of this is so great. Lean into it. Like you learn so much when you jump and you see like how people are reacting and responding that, you know, you take maybe a different Avenue that you once were like not even considering. So it was kind of that. And it was out of a need. Like I didn't have a ton of money. So I was flying to LA and I was buying remnant fabric from big brands that were just throwing away their fabric. So I was buying it for like pennies on the dollar. And then I would take that roll of fabric and send it to my factory. And like, once that fabric was gone, it was gone for good. And it was kind of rad because I'm not like, I'm not trained in marketing, but I understand FOMO. And I understand like, if you can reach this level of like, if you can hit like an emotion in consumers, sure, like you're winning, you know? And so for me, it was like, how am I going to get people back to my website? Like, how do I get them back over and over and over to keep buying? And it became limited edition, and and then that spun this whole other like you would die like this this black market for rags where they would sell used for like eight hundred bucks. Like these groups of moms that were like, I had no idea, and then I got invited to one of the groups, and I my mind almost blew. Yeah, but, you know, like but you don't envision that when you're like in the fabric, you know whatever in LA and you're just buying it cause it's cheap and you'll take what you can get, you yeah. don't envision that like something like that will spin out of there. You know, what do you
0: think created that loyalty because watching you the last nine years, it's like, I've seen countless posts from the limited drop or just the sales or whatever, where people are literally like, I've seen the literal view of people lined around a block to come That's and buy wild. your stuff outside. And like, it is a freaking loyal following. <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember when the Krispy Kreme opened up.
1: Yeah, dude. Yes, yes, yes. People
0: were, like, camping. They lined <laughs> yes. up for, like, days. I'm like, dude, that's like, rad. I don't
1: know if I like anything that much. That's insane. Yeah. But, yeah, like so that. So, like, what caused that? I think this is my theory. I think because I am my own consumer, I understand this really well. But I also am, like, an adrenaline junkie, too. Like, you know, you, you've grown up with me. Like, yeah. I freaking love like things that are a bit scary and like my ideal date is like riding my bike and like or snowboarding or and then going and getting dinner you know but like for a lot of women they they're like where they get this like dopamine and this rush is shopping yeah and like scoring like you see this like black friday like mm-hmm. black friday event half most of those people in line do not need anything
0: in target, it's but about the rush of getting, dude, that they item, are. Right? And
1: how fun is that? It's like, like, you'll, you'll, you'll hear women talk and be like, where did you get that? And they'll be like 30 bucks target. Like immediately it's like, hell yeah, I, I freaking scored. You know, that is like a real it's thing. Like a
0: badge of honor. Yes, right? dude.
1: And it's like this. So for me, it was like, oh, like I understand everybody has that need. It might look different for, for like men or like different, it might look different for different people, but overall like people want to have this like hit this like rush this like dopamine whatever so it's like rachel how do you how do you provide an experience like a black friday experience for moms like every single week Hmm. and that was like the mentality like if if they have to think about it you're blowing it like you got to make it so people don't think about it and they just buy because they need to buy and that's like what's happened
0: that's so cool kind of going into like the next phase this is i think what every entrepreneur would dream of right like you're on HuffPost, you you us weekly vogue shark tank forbes nordstrom <laughs> disney's reaching out like boom like everything right it was crazy what was that like
1: it still doesn't even feel real when you say that i laugh like that is hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like me
0: <laughs> yeah
1: like that like if anything anybody should be like oh i could do that because if she's in nordstrom or on huff post like i could be in the same thing it, it's wild like we were fulfilling orders out of my garage, my actual garage, like three of us, and at the same time, we were in Vogue's like top twenty-five best baby gifts for your baby, like Christmas guide. I didn't even know about it. Like people were congratulating me, and I was like, "What? Like, what do you congratulate me for?" And it was that, which
0: it was shows it like, is organically happening. Totally. Like, yeah. Sometimes brands reach out, like, "Hey, we'll pay you a couple hundred dollars, feature us on this article, mm-hmm. whatever." This was just happening.
1: And I was like, jokes on everybody because I'm still in my garage fulfilling your order. <laughs> like little do you know, you know.
0: yeah, like It's they're, perception. They're it's exactly what you say. are some big business yes. and probably no, drones dude. picking up the order and you know. <laughs> no whatever. way.
1: No, oh, just little old me sweating my butt off in the garage.
0: Was that surreal?
1: Beyond. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yes. It's insane.
0: Which one was the biggest deal to you? Nordstrom's, Shark Tank, Disney, Vogue? Mm. Was there one that just was like, wow, like this is insane,
1: dude. This isn't even on there. I mean, all those are really great. That was like, I remember when Disney reached out, I thought that it was spam. Like, I was like, there's no way, you know, Shark Tank was surreal. I think I just was like, I'm jumping and I'm going to figure it out. And this is going to pan out. And like, why not? Like, like, of course I'm going to do this. Nordstrom, like I called their accounting department and was like, hey, it's so impossible to get into the baby buyer because think about it. Everybody would call with their hobby and want to be in Nordstrom. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get into Nordstrom. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. Like, called their billing department. It's the only phone number on their website you can find, of course, because they want to collect your money if you owe. And I was like, oh, they accidentally transferred me here. I'm supposed to go to the baby buyer. And the lady was like, oh, no problem. But Like, sent me into the baby buyer and I was like, Hey, like pitched her right there on the phone. Luckily she had seen shark tank. So she's like, Oh, I know exactly who you are. (laughs) And like, that's how that happened. You know? But like, all of that was so cool. I, you'll appreciate this though. Like Tony Hawk and, um, Nyjah were doing a thing for kids in Ghana and they reached out and they wanted rags. Uh, And so they were sending me, that was the coolest. Like, like these these things are so rad and the perception of all that is like brand halo it's so amazing and like to the normal person even listening they're probably like whoa that's like a big deal this chick's legit but truly for me it was like dude I want to clothe orphans with like Tony and Nyjah and I want like like that I remember laying in my bed and waking up and looking at my phone and seeing pictures that they had sent me of orphans wearing rags and tears were just like streaming down my face like this is why you do what you do. Like this is so freaking cool. Like that—that's that, so, cool. so much cooler to me than
0: yeah. Those, and you know. I mean, because you skate, snowboard, all these things to have Tony yeah, dude. Hawk, like legend. That—that yeah. that is just crazy. Yeah.
1: So that was super cool, and and to be in a position that you can do it. Yeah, that was rad.
0: What about influencers? Because especially in Utah, lots of like lots of mom influencers mm. are here. Mm-hmm. And what part? Did that play in your business? And if somebody else was launching an e-commerce brand or they already have one, what would you tell them on influencers? Are they worth it?
1: When you say, are they worth it? Like we, we haven't paid influencers necessarily. Like we don't, we don't pay them. And that's not because I don't appreciate them or don't think that they're like, they bring value Really, it's like I'm so confident in the brand and like the product and I want somebody that's just as stoked on it. And it's like really authentic to them to want to post like we've never asked for somebody to do that. Like yeah. we've always just been like, let us send you product and we'll see what happens, you know. And and in the beginning, that was all I used. That was all I had. Like I didn't even have a photographer. So I was like seating every day. I remember being at the park or whatever with my kids. I would cruise Instagram and I would screenshot profiles like oh they'd be great to like have rags like I'm picking who I want to represent my brand and I would put my kids to bed and I would sit down and I would email 30 a day that was the goal and then like you know I was nothing at that time and like five would respond back and be like yeah dude I'll yeah let's do it I'll try it you know and then those five would post and I would see immediate and revenue and,
0: asking for a post, you're just asking to send them stuff.
1: Right. And it's like, if you like it, rad if you post, yeah. but I don't want anybody to feel like inauthentic in it or forced or whatever. I still believe that. I think yeah. it's like so much more powerful to have a customer post for you and their review rather than like a paid influencer. But I see that there's value there. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, It's huge. So, but for me, it was like, I, I didn't have any money and I was like, I can only pay you on product. You know.
0: it's really interesting you talk about this because I know you're on the board of Silicon Slopes and Utah's developed a reputation for being very cell centric, Silicon Valley, very product centric. And I really believe that if the product is good enough, everything else will take care of itself. One
1: hundred right? and ten percent. Yes.
0: Sounds like you were taking that approach like, hey, just test it out. Let's ship it to them. Let's bet on us. If it's good enough, they'll post.
1: Dude, I love that you say that because everybody I remember at the time was like content is king. Content's king. And I remember being like, no way, dude, product is king. Like content is important, but that falls like second or third. Cause like, if you look at my content, it was iPhone shoddy crap, but I was so confident in the product and the functionality of it and the way it would look that it was like, that's going to speak volumes, you know, truly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It all comes back to the product. Mm -hmm. I think. Also, like another phase that's that's really cool about your story is just your board is so sick.
1: Dude, I looked out. How did how did that happen? Like what? <laughs> I Jer- looked out.
0: Jeremy Andrus, Supreme, Stance, like I mean, Traeger, what a brand, right? Yeah. To, and what Jeremy's done with that brand. Mm-hmm. From nobody knowing them to it's one of the sickest brands.
1: It's wild, man. That guy is legit.
0: And Supreme and Stance. And so yeah. like tell us. Tell us about your board. Like, has it, what have you learned from these guys? Has it been so awesome?
1: Uh, How did you get
0: this board? It's crazy.
1: Like I was so ignorant when I was doing this. I, I am so glad that I knew at least to pick people that like, and Jeremy said this actually, like I think this is such a bar, like a measure when you're looking into partnering with somebody, working with somebody, forming a board. He was like, you want to make sure that if they call you at at 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon that you want to pick up the phone. And, like, how many times have you received a call at 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon and you're like, oh, I would rather die. Like, I honestly can't answer that. It is such a real thing. And, like, for me, it was like, dude, if you called me at 4 p.m. on a Sunday, I would be like, what up? Like, stoked no matter what was going on, you know. So that was like, and I think for him, In order to like invest and in order to like be, you know, involved in companies, it's like that's where he's like, would I answer her phone call at 4 p.m. on a Sunday? And if it's yes, it's like, cool, let's do it. So and that says like a lot, you know,
0: that's sick. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I like think about that all the time. Yeah, (laughs) it's real, though. huh? It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean that I wasn't planning on raising money. I actually met Jeremy at an event and was talking to him about my business and it was interesting. He was so, so interested. And like, I didn't know what a baller this guy was either. There's like something about me that I rarely get starstruck. I, it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. I don't even know. I like love it because it just Im- immediately makes it so nothing's intimidating. Yeah. And, and honestly, like looking back, I'm so glad I didn't know because I was just the, like is very easy, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Uh, And we ended up like talking for a couple hours. And then I remember like three days later, a Traeger grill and all of the accessories and everything just like popped on my doorstep. I was like, this guy's such a freaking baller! Like how thoughtful. And like, you're so busy and that's so cool. You know? Yeah. Um, His wife at the time was pregnant with their twins and I just was like, okay, he is like the brand guru. And I had declined the money from Shark Tank and I knew that I wanted smart money. I was like, if I'm actually, I didn't even know if I wanted money, but if I was going to take anybody's money, it was truly like, I want the network and I want like the brains. I don't necessarily need the funds, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was like going into that whole deal. That was like why I did what I did was really like, I don't necessarily need your money. I just want like your brain and your like connections. And then he ended up like, the supreme guy and uh he's he's brought in like dickie's uh ceo and i I think i've scored like codopax is involved just great brands and like good human beings it's like that at the end of the day that's like
0: really all that matters can you imagine not starting this company and like all the people you've met and everything you've learned like oh my gosh wouldn't that be crazy Mm -hmm.
1: it's so wild and and honestly like i think part of the reason why i even did what i did like forming a because. I know, you know, this. like s- immediately you take the money and like the next day it's like, oh, like pressure. And it's like, all right, now I got to like perform. This is gnarly. Like, but I am such a creature of, of curiosity that like, if I hadn't have done that, I would have always wondered, you know? Mm-hmm. So like when people ask, like, do you, would you do that again? Or like, did you make the right choice? It's like, I think that like the curiosity would have killed me. Like I had to do it you know, even on Sundays, I'm like, what was I thinking? This is so insane. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's just the curiosity and you you don't know what you're doing. You just figure it out as you go.
0: Yeah. I think boards can be so helpful. And then you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs where like, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a burden. They don't do Mm -hmm. anything and we got to you know, prepare all these reports and like whatever. And so what advice would you give to somebody to make their board useful?
1: Understand exactly why you're forming the board and what like you could pull from them. So, like, for me, Jeremy is really great with branding. He knows how to build a great brand. And we actually brought in some VC money under Jeremy's, like, guidance. Yeah. And it's so cool because he'll, like, email me articles about how VCs kill brands and copy the VC. (laughs) And it's like, dude, what a rad balance, you know? And then the VC plays a great part in, like, if I ever wanted to raise – capital or whatever, they're really familiar and they know who to go to and whatever. And then um, the Supreme, they built a limited edition model. It's like, that is even Jeremy was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, this is fascinating, but like, I know how to build great brands, you know? So just really understanding what you're going to use them for. And some people just need money, you know? So they Mm -hmm. go shark tank route and they take it yeah but, like for us for me, it was like i i want like to know, I want you to help me here and understanding like where you fall short and where you could like fill in that gap.
0: one thing I think is so unique about rags is this balance of practicality, function, and style, and to me, that's like man, like I look through my wife and I, and we're always like debating she wants the style, I want the function, which I'm sure is a very like man and woman oh, type totally. of conversation, yeah. Like just an example, we had this kitchen table, all glass concrete. And I'm like, it's so cold. Like there's no practicality. We're never going to use it. Got it. Here we are. Five years later, we're ditching the table. We're getting something else, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, how do you, how did you pull off both? And what do you think the balance is there?
1: I mean, it's like, it's like a joke amongst friends all the time. Like people would show up wearing bull crap and they'd be like, function over fashion. Yeah. Like that was yeah. a joke, you know, you know, toast. I remember yeah, him saying to- that totally. like <laughs> and being so the- like, dude, you look like a clown. But like, I understand why that's you're wearing guy. that. You know? Like it's
0: all practicality, <laughs> just functions, it works, totally. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can appreciate that too. But yeah. I want to be able to like, and then another, it's like, look good, feel good. Like that's like, sure. You know, like, totally. and so Figuring out how do I create something where you get best of both worlds? It's like, and it's so awesome because so many guys are like, I love rags because it takes all the guessing. Like my wife is so amped when I'm in charge and put my kid in rags. Like they, I don't have to worry they about matching. Stylish. Yeah, they can yeah, check yeah. that box. Yeah, it's yeah. like a twofer. So yeah, that was a goal.
0: This is the, one of the biggest questions I get from other entrepreneurs. Like, how do you balance right. life and work?
1: Yeah, and I think like answer to that, and I think for anybody is. I don't think honestly I don't think balance exists. It was so frustrating in the beginning because there's nothing worse than feeling not balanced or feeling like oh I'm giving too much time here and this is failing and like they both matter a lot, you know. Like if one of these suffers, we're all kind of bummed. Sure. And and so I quickly realized like give yourself a ton of grace because I don't think that balance really exists. I think what you should really focus on is like, what are your top three priorities? Like what makes you the happiest? And, and for me, it's like my kids, like my relationships with my family and my friends, and then having like a relationship with a higher power, like all three of those things. It's like, if I keep all of that in check, balance somehow comes, you know? And like, sometimes that means that I'm working more or whatever, but it's because I want to be able to go, on a mountain biking trip with my kids for a week. We just got back from Powell and like yesterday I worked till 10 o'clock at night and my kids were giving me crap. And it's like, guys, yeah. it's cause I was in like Powell with you guys totally unplugged for a whole week. And like, that's the tax is like, now, like, I'm going to go work really, really hard to make up for that. But like balance comes when you like get your priorities in check, whatever those are, you know? And like, yeah. that, that's so different between, you know, it's so personal.
0: That's where I think entrepreneurship is different than somebody that's maybe used to a nine to five mm-hmm. It's cause it's like, look, I, I go hard and we play a lot, but then when I'm working, I work a lot. Same. I don't have like, I don't think of life nine to five. It's just, that, it's doesn't ho- exist. it's intense everywhere. Yeah. Playing and same. work. Same, it's you know? the
1: greatest. Yeah, but, but here's where I like, I feel like I conquer the world if I, could, cause I do the same, but sometimes it's swinging so extreme in both. Yeah, you know that I'm like, how do how do and, and truly this is like a thing. This is like my goal this year. It's like, how do you how do you stay in the middle? Like, you conquer the world if you can create
0: like and that's that's probably the balance, balance. <laughs> <laughs> way that exists. So, yeah, I think because we both do a lot of board sports. Yeah, and to me, one first of all, I think balance is a myth. I think it's like people that are maybe too rigid, like. I'm going to have five hours at work and five hours at family and five hours at spiritual. It's like, dude, you have to be flowy, You have yes. to be flexible. You have to just, there's ebbs and flows on, on every category. Like you're saying your top three, but also I think the way I look at it is like surfing in the pros. They, they're able to do these incredible tricks and still stay standing. while the board is vertical or sideways or imbalanced, mm. but they're still able to stand. And I feel like that's what good balance is, is why, Life is imbalanced. You're still standing, and you make it work, and you flow with it, and you have fun along the way. Like, isn't to me that's that's exactly what balance is,
1: dude. I agree. I'm telling you, like, I think if you conquer that, you like, like it's middle ground. It's like finding somewhere in the middle where you can swing both, and like you can have the most fun and also work so hard, and like stay so you're not becoming obsessed with either. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. What do you think about this is something I didn't know about business when I started my own thing is that the business evolves and it grows. And as it grows, it outgrows people. And, mm. and for me, that's been the hardest thing is transitioning people out as the business is outgrown them, if they can't keep moving with it. And it's like the business gets different identities along the way. it has right. to. It's like a snake. Ugh, it just, it's it outgrows brutal, the though, skin huh? sheds and it's just like, yeah. it's got to keep growing. So, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think that's inevitable, you know, and that's something you don't think about when you're beginning and you hire your family and your friends and whatever, you, you know, Just get going. totally did it. Like, and
0: then it happens the first time. Uh, you're like, oh man, this is getting real.
1: But I think like when I, before we started recording, you were talking about how you wanted to create a business where this could be like actually a stepping stone yeah. for people to move on. And I yeah. think if you have that approach and, and, and guess what? People are going to hate you. And they're going to be pissed and they're going to be, but then those that understand like that you have great intentions, a good heart, and truly you're hoping that when they put, you know, your company on their resume, that it's going to help them get to a gig that's even better, you know? And, and like, for me, that's my approach. And it's really like making sure, you know, like if it's not a good fit or we've outgrown, it's like. Doing some due deal, and you don't owe this to anybody and it and it gets beyond this when you have hundreds of employees, but for me, it's like important to be like, "How can I help set this person up for their next gig, and like how can I be a reference? how can I give them referrals? how can I like give them something that's gonna fit where they actually should like where they could thrive you know and sometimes that's not at rags actually that's inevitably that's the case right yeah. like there's like Maybe one or two people that are with us right now that were in the very beginning. Everybody else is like, it's just a phase and it's brutal. How
0: many employees is there?
1: So we have a bunch of contract labor now, but we have like, we're still a small team, like
0: 15 people. Yeah.
1: Super small. And we're even like, to me. And out
0: of that 15, you said only two.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's helpful for someone to know, like it, you don't know that when you start. Right. And. But it happens, it's yeah. inevitable, probably.
1: Yeah, it is. There's brutal. a way around it, there isn't. Yeah, and then as quick as you can realize that, and then you just hope that people like know that you know you have great intentions and it's just kind of a part of it, you know.
0: Yeah, what do you think about e commerce? Like, your boys are 20, 25 now, and they're like, Mom, I'm thinking about this and this and this, <laughs> and they're like, I'm leaning towards e commerce. What would you say?
1: Do it, Heck yeah, like. I I think if I went to my parent, my dad and was like, "Hey dad, I'm going to crew, I'm going to do a one piece baby outfit with no snaps and it's going to make me millions. He would be like, like bless your heart, but like I'm here and I support yeah. you. Dude, it's like it's the same, you know. It, it, of course I I think it's really hard and it's like there's pros and cons, but I would absolutely be like, "Yeah, go for it."
0: Do you want your boys to do entrepreneurship versus like traditional
1: I want them to. Yes, absolutely. I want everybody to do it. It's like, I want everybody to understand what this feels like. This is like insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's hard to, it's hard to describe unless you do it.
1: I can't even imagine because my parents were entrepreneurs. So for me, it's so normal to have a parent that didn't have a nine to five. Yeah. You know, like I grew up with that. It's ours didn't exist. What did your dad do? He's a musician, so oh, cool. he, like, owned his own recording So He wrote, are you ready for some football? Yeah. <laughs> he has an Emmy, dude. Wow. But it's so rad. It's, like, behind the like, – my kids don't even know. It's, like, behind the closet door, like, all dusty. The guy drives, like, a Chrysler Pacifica, like, the most unassuming his company to Warner Brothers. It's so badass, actually. <laughs> He's so great. It's, like, just works hard and, like, knows what's good.
0: What do you think is – Good advice for someone to like, how do I make the jump? Like I only got 10 grand in my bank. Like, how do I make that jump? Like, how do I start?
1: I mean, I think you can be paralyzed by trying to be perfect and figure out like it's exactly what you were saying earlier. You want to like try to solve everything before you jump. And to me, it's like, just do it. Yeah. Like Nike has the greatest motto. Just do it. Is that what it is? What do you call that? Yeah, A motto? Just do it.
0: Yeah. Slogan. <laughs>
1: Slogan. Yeah. But truly, like as lame as that sounds, it's like, do it and you will be able to iterate and like, you know, tweak as you go. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like if everybody, it, it's like if everybody was waiting for perfection, nobody would do anything and you're never going to be ready for any of it. Like when you got married and you had your baby, do you think that you were like, properly prepped for that? No way, but you did it. And like, it's so rewarding and so rad, but also the hardest thing on the planet.
0: Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about this because you're never ready for kids. You just send it and then you figure it out. <laughs> yes. But nobody's, I know nobody's ever like exactly perfectly qualified for kids. You no, just dude. start, you yes. know, and marriage is similar and entrepreneurship is very similar. There's not a manual. You're not qualified. You, you and I weren't qualified. You just start and you get going and you, get qualified, you know, you figure it out along the way. And so it's, for me, it's very similar to like having kids, I guess.
1: A hundred percent. It's like, I mean, kids are way gnarly. Yeah. Cause like, you know, it's a kid, it's a life, this is like, whatever it can come to go. It comes and goes, but similar. Totally. Like if you think, Oh, I just got to wait till I'm ready. It's like, that will never exist ever, ever.
0: Yeah. Never ready. No. I know entrepreneurship is so hard. Also, Were you ever surprised at like how easy it was? You just started it and you start doing orders and then you're like, wow, like I'm doing my own business and that's all it took. Like I just started it and started selling things and I'm off and going. Did you ever think about that?
1: Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it it is like so easy to get wrapped up into like next steps or like what's going to happen next month or next year or whatever. But there are absolute moments where when you were talking about people lining up around the building, truly like I remember being in Texas and we sold tickets to people to come and pre-shop the warehouse. sale. they had to pay 75 bucks. They had 10 minutes. They
0: had to buy tickets to come and buy your product.
1: Yes, dude. And oh, I remember man. like being in a room and we were showing them like upcoming and it was like this VIP cool experience. And there was 200 people and we sold out in five minutes. And I remember asking the room like, Hey, how many of you guys are from Texas and there's probably three people and everyone else had flown in even from like out of the country. And I was like, this is absolute bonkers to me. Like it's like you take, there's certain moments like that within your career where you're like, how in the freak did this happen? Like it just like, it just like occurs. And I think I'm way better now at soaking it up and like not, not being like wishing that away and getting like, into the next bigger and better, you know, really being yeah. like, whoa, this is real. This is like crazy.
0: Your boys are going to say, like, we had the sickest <laughs> mom ever because you're so good at like fun and you're always biking with them and skating with them. And pal, like when I watch you, you're really good at community. Everything you do, you just always have community with you and taking people with you throughout your life. And just with your boys, you're loving, you're understanding, you're supportive. I just think they're going to be really lucky to have you as a mom.
1: Dude, you're so nice.
0: Where did you learn that?
1: I think relationships are like all you have, for real. Like in the end, you could have so much money, you could have so many things, and nobody to share that with. And to me, that's like, oh, you just got like hosed. I yeah. don't want to ever have that. Like, and I, and it's interesting because when you do that, and like you are, you share it, and you genuinely want that. It's like amazing how much can come your way. Like when you ask about how did you get like this sick board? It's like, dude, it's, I tell my boys this all the time. Cause they're always like, mom, you get hooked up. Like we'll go to a skate shop and the, the, the guy will eventually come running out to the car. This happened like, and give me a backpack full of stuff for my boys, you know? And I'm like, dude, lesson here is that like, you be cool to people and it comes back times 10 and it has to be incredibly genuine. You're not that way because it will come back. You're that way because that's how you should live. You know? Yeah. And it's like, like, it's so fun to share it with people you love.
0: What do you think about money and not like hundred million mm-hmm. type of money, but just money you've been able to have an awesome house and property and be able to go biking and do fun stuff and just, just go do fun stuff with probably not thinking about like how much is this going to cost, you know? And so why is that important to you and, and how has that made more availability for fun and to create more time with relationships for you?
1: It's kind of a sucky thing that you need money to be able to live, but I kind of dig it too because it creates, it keeps you honest and it creates like this grit and grind in people to need to do something outside of their comfort zone, you know? So I think it's good, but for me, it's like really important to be able to provide a good, comfortable, solid living for my boys and myself and not get, I remember when I was starting rags, I will never forget this. I remember I was putting pillows on the couch And this like some something like hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was like, dude, Rachel, you're going to actually be successful and never, ever forget like how to be or what to do with it. And like always keep that in check. And some of like the most inspiring people I know are like those types of people where it's like not excessive and it's comfortable and like that's good enough so that they can go and spend time doing what they love. You know, like I'm a firm believer in in not getting too obsessed again and like finding balance in that too like I could work so much all day every day and make probably three times more than I do but like I would miss out on so many years with my kids that I'll never get back you know so Mm -hmm. just creating like boundaries of like what's what's gonna keep me comfortable and like not have to stress and worry and I'll absolutely do that and then you know what makes me the happiest is hanging out with my kids yeah you know and friends
0: what is like the next five or 10 years of your life look like? Like what's the next phase? Dude,
1: my phase of life right now is so rad. My My oldest kid's 15 and my youngest is 10. So they're like, they still think I'm cool and they're really capable. They can do everything. So I am like, I want to like juice that.
0: Those years, huh? It's so the you best. You can go play hard with them.
1: Yes. And they're crushing me now. Like we just did a bike trip yeah, and they're hitting 14 feet high jumps with like i swear to you like 25 feet long gaps that are like fully committed and i'm like i won't do that but i'll like hit stuff with them yeah. and i'm like hey will you guys tow me in like tow me in i don't know like speed and they're like mom we're so scared you're gonna get hurt they're like all protective guys oh, and wow. it's so weird to see how like tables have turned and this is like who i'm hanging out with every day so for me it's like the next five years i want to create. I want my business to continue to do what it's doing, but I want someone asked me this yesterday, like, what's your exit strategy? And it's like, my exit strategy is like, keep my business functioning and running to create like a great living for me and my employees and my people. And then like juice those years with my kids. Like it is so freaking fun right now.
0: So fun. That's incredible. So the, the business is Rags. Go look it up. What's the handle on Instagram? Like where can people find okay. you in your business?
1: Rags.com website. Rags to Rach's is still my handle on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and Rags on Facebook.
0: And the video on your website is so sick. The Rags <laughs> origin story just, it captures everything. It just I think it really embodies who you are and they did a great job on it
1: dude we just launched that today i'm stoked oh, you you saw it. yeah i haven't even announced it, it yet so, so you're all hearing this first everybody <laughs> wow yeah it is <laughs> yeah, so dope
0: they crushed it
1: yeah it was rad
0: so cool fun. well thanks for coming on rachel
1: yeah thanks for having me so fun